Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 28 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and the guy who just loves to sell papes. It's Jack Hall from that. Santa Fe. <laughs> oh. Did I do good, Kenny? That's for yeah, Kenny Ken- Ortega. Kenny Ortega says yes. Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> Can I have a lollipop now? Sure, kid. <laughs> uh and I, we have a special guest as well on the oh, show this week. Um, two weeks in a row with with a guest. I'm, I'm loving I like this. it. It's, it's a lot good. more fun for us, for sure. Uh, especially when we have a musical to talk about. Jack and I love having a guest on. So well, and just this guy. Two is, of us boys. And this person is perfect to talk about this movie. Because he loves this movie. Open the gates and seize the day. <laughs> yes, I love this movie. It's Grant Youngsma. It's amazing. Grant Youngsma. You've been on here before. Last time you were here, we talked about High School Musical, the series, the television show, the series musical movie, for made-for-TV movie, starring not Zac Efron. Is it a movie? It's, it's yeah. It's like I just I, I, I added like fourteen titles to that yeah. show. I don't even know what it's called. It's season one, right? They're going to make a season two of High School Musical. Yep. Oh, musical that, they have to. Yeah, it's it's basically a television this fall, show. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and they're going to have some cameos. I would assume. Oh, I'm sure. Some of the old folks. The old, not Sharpay, the Definitely not Sharpay. Not, not Sharpay. Maybe uh, they can get Vanessa <laughs> this season. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, or maybe you saw the title already, we're talking about the Newsies, 1992's uh, musical. Uh, we'll, we'll get some of the, the bad news, uh, if you'll pardon the, the pun, uh, out of the way on the movie up, up front so this movie uh by the way we're gonna spoil the movie I, i'm i'm sure the movie is almost 30 years old at this point so um you've had, crazy you've had enough time to watch it i can't believe this movie's that old <laughs> yeah yeah 28 years old this year but anyway um we're gonna, so we're gonna be talking talking about that and spoiling it obviously um but uh before we get into that, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus, like that, like the Newsies. Sometimes we just talk about whatever we want to talk about and uh, what, what's hot as well. So we just finished up uh, covering every episode of The Clone Wars, all 12 episodes. And so go back and listen to that if you are just joining us, especially if you love Star Wars like we do. And... Um, and then uh, now we're just kind of in movie mode. We're taking a break from Star Wars. We took, did a lot of Star Wars over yeah, the last six months. Yeah, we definitely so. need to cleanse our palace, and probably yours too, you listeners of uh, Star Wars. We've covered a lot of it. We're almost the Disney Plus Star Wars podcast. Yeah. So time to change it up, and uh, why not bring Grant on, who is actually in the movie. Grant, tell us about production. 
Grant was he one year old when this movie came out? Oh, he was the baby newsy. <laughs> yes, he was the newsy they called baby. Crutchy uh, carried you around for the first half. I, yep, and I got ten dollars for it. <laughs> so I have to put say, it in a savings account. Judge a mush, kid. I, I have to say, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on you, but I felt like your choreography was a little lacking. Um, you know, as a one year old, I, I expected more. Yeah, um, the dancing steps were pretty crazy, but. Uh, <laughs> I think I did an okay job. For a so, baby before CGI, you did an incredible job. Thank you. So let, let's get the, the bad news out of the way early. So this movie did not do well at the box office. In 1992, it had a $15 million budget, so actually pretty pretty low. Um, I, I think other than Duvall and, and Pullman, like most of the cast were unheard of people. Christian Bale is in this movie, but he was not Christian Bale at the time. He was just a 17-year-old kid, but... There, there are, uh, according to uh, Box Office Mojo, there are 606 Disney movies released up to the point of this. Imagine that, by the way. 606 movies made by Disney and their you know, affiliates. It is 576th on the list as far as box office return. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's only like 30, what, 30 movies yeah. that actually made less money out of over 600 than this movie. It's one of the worst uh, movies ever from Disney as far so as... it's not quite Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no. <laughs> there, the other 29 or 30 movies, whatever, below it, I haven't heard of any of them. So okay. it, like, it is, as far as movies that I've heard of, it is the, the lowest um, box office recording for Disney. Um, that said, it has quite a cult following, and I, I think that brings us to our, our, a question I want to lead off with, with with Grant. This movie came out when you were one. You were literally one yes. year old. Um, so when did you actually come to this movie having not seen it when you were one, I'm assuming. So I was a sophomore in high school and I was taking U.S. history and Jason Schramm, if you're out there, that was the first time I saw it when our history teacher, <laughs> Jason Schramm, really? showed it in That's class. Cool. Were you guys covering this subject matter or yep. the Spanish-American War? Child labor. Just, we're, well, we were Crutchy talking about Theodore Roosevelt's presidency oh. and we were talking about background stuff leading up to that okay um i gotta say I, i'm sure I'd, we covered this in u.s history at some point i i also took high school history classes 30 years ago yeah it's been a while <laughs> uh no, about 25 years ago so uh i don't remember what we learned 25 years ago um i went into this movie not knowing what the movie was about at all i, I knew it was, literally it was about kids that sell newspapers that was it and so I didn't even know the time period. I honestly, if you'd asked me, I probably would have guessed it was in the 1940s or 50s. I, I had no idea. So, um, uh, how much did you guys know? I mean, obviously, you knew quite a bit since you were in class, but um, did you know a lot about this time period? Like, in, what was going um, on? In the I country? knew that there wasn't any other media, so the newspaper ruled everything. I knew that um, child labor was a was fine then. I mean, everything was cool. Yeah. Why, the, of course, we're going to use these kids. They can't read anyway, and they're orphans. So this gives them something to do. Like that logic mm. was sound back then. That they, you know, what what else are they going to do? This is good for them. Maybe they can make a couple nickels, and they'll go live in the orphanage at night. So it'd be great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I did not understand the level that uh, Joseph Pulitzer played in this type of thing. I liked the movie how it plays off of Pulitzer and William Hurst because William Randolph Hurst. Uh, also, not shady, but like same kind of thing that they play off on Pulitzer in this. Like, Hearst has a big uh, background in some, maybe not nefarious, but like he's going to control the 
he's going to control the uh, narrative. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, it's interesting. Yeah, and uh, Hearst is not in the movie very much. You see him in one scene where they're playing poker, but um, other than that, he's not really a character in the movie. I don't think he has any speaking lines. Um, it is The movie is based on a book, which I, I didn't know that either, um, uh, a book by Harvey Feierstein. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's F-I-E-R, Feierstein. Um, he wrote the book that inspired this movie, and then he wrote he subsequently wrote another book called Newsies, <laughs> it's not a sequel. Really? I think it's just a rewriting of the book um, that inspired the musical. So that's another thing we probably should mention before we kind of get into our review of the movie is um, not only that it's had a, a pretty good cult following. I think a lot of people have seen it on on straight to video, mm-hmm. Disney Channel, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has gotten a following, a la um, uh, what's his name Ortega's other movies yeah. like we talked talk, right before we hit record Grant was telling us about Hocus Pocus and some other movies that maybe didn't do so well at first blush but then people have really followed him after that but he so he this was actually made into a Broadway musical it's it, it start it ran on Broadway in New York City from 2011 to 2014 over a thousand shows did extremely well they took it on tour they did many more years of on tour shows after that and um, honestly has had kind of a resurgence. Like people are actually following this story and the music and stuff like that, because more, maybe more so because of the musical, the Broadway musical, than the original movie. So um, that's, that's worth noting Yeah, well. my, my wife, Caitlin, and I actually went and saw the musical. Oh, I didn't know that. At the Muni. Okay. In St. Louis. It was about two, three years ago. Okay. And the only real difference between the musical and the movie is in the musical instead of a male reporter it's a female reporter okay so that's really the only big difference is that instead of denton in the movie it's a female which i can't remember her name okay but yeah i'm glad you've seen it i jack and i have not seen it i'm assuming jack hasn't seen it no i'm not um and uh, I, I honestly, I'd kind of like to. I, um, I I did find one article where they were they were comparing the movie to the musical, and were saying that they liked the musical better. That they felt like it was maybe a little grittier, a little more. Um, like it, it's a Disney movie, so like in 1992, like you just you know that the boys are gonna win. Like it's, it's there's there's yeah. not incredible stakes, but like the musical is the opposite of that. Like you you almost at, at some points feel like they're gonna lose. Um, the strike, the battle, and so interesting. Um, yeah, and so, I want to say it's on Disney Plus too, right? Yeah, the that's, Broadway musical. I'm glad too. You, that's worth mentioning. I'm glad you said that. I I did when I searched for it. There were two two results that that came up for Newsies. I wasn't prepared for that either. So, I guess did they film a Broadway? I want to pro- say that's production what they of it. Did, yeah. Okay, so you can actually on Disney Plus you can actually see, and I might watch it honestly. Like, um, I think I think Jessica would probably enjoy watching it. She's not seen the movie either, but um, I think she would probably watch the musical of it because she's. I think both of us are a fan of stage settings. Mm-hmm. So, um, the movie almost kind of seems to be made for that. To be honest, I it's it, it was a musical written specifically for the the big screen, but maybe it's more at home on a stage. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but. Um, that I think a lot of people are saying that like they yeah. felt like it's now that since 2011 since it's been on the stage it's like okay it's finally come home to maybe where it should have always been but anyway um 
so let's just get into it. I think we'll, uh, I'm kind of going off of the, the Wikipedia page to kind of keep us grounded as far as the plot and kind of what happens with it. But um, let's, I guess, talk a few characters first. So um, it stars Christian Bale as Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby. <laughs> I, I have comics on the brain. Uh, Jack Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cowboy Jack Cowboy. Kelly. Who uh, is fictionalized. He yeah, is fictionalized. Yeah. The uh, b- kid Blink is the actual kid that that re- that did the actual uh, Newsies strike, Newsboys strike of 1899. He had a patch on his eye. That's why it's called Kid Blink. And in the movie, oh. there's a kid with a patch on his eye. Yeah. That's supposed to be Kid Blink, but he's not the main character. It's future Batman. So yeah, yeah. There you go, Kid Blink. Okay, so he's not a real. I guess. Well, I mean, Kid Blink is real. That yeah, kid yeah. is real. And he's the person that did it, that basically negotiated this strike and was quoted in the papers and that sort of thing. Went on The View a couple times uh, in, 18, in 1899. and Joy hosted ba- it? And Joy Behar was still one of the hosts oh of it then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. Anyway, The View part was fake, folks. I heard, but I heard Star Jones was very hard on him. She was very tough on him. Anyway, he had some past tweets. And then Raven. Yeah, Raven just ripped him a new one. He had some past tweets that are not as colorful, not as good. Uh, so he's in trouble. Yeah, not everyone's good at social media. He's being canceled as a, as a culture. He has been canceled. So back to you in the studio. <laughs> we we get we meet him obviously right right off the bat, um, and uh, it's basically a bunch of kids that like you already explained are, are yeah. kind of orphan and just they you know basically just get by they you know they don't have families to go home to whatever until we meet david jacobs and his younger brother less they do have a family to go home home to they're they're not the uh, the poor kids like they they have a like an actual apartment that they live in yeah they're the hoity twitty rich (laughs) poor kids with a house right (laughs) they're they're the middle class of this i mean they're like bad best like but still his dad's got like a Arm in a sling. Yeah, he got. He's hurt. like, break the cake out, too. We've had been having this. I've had this cake for a long time, but we need to celebrate. <laughs> so this, this is obviously, obviously before workman's comp as well. Anything. Eighteen ninety nine. There was no no safety net, folks. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they they're no looking government for, stimulus. In this time. <laughs> they're looking for. They, they they also have a daughter. The Jacobs family has a daughter. So there's three kids at home, um, <laughs> and uh, three mouths, four f- five mouths to feed, and no income and so david and lester basically said hey you know just go out there and see what you can do and i, I mean i don't know a lot about child labor um, at that at that time i'm sure there were a lot of different places for them to go but um being a newspaper boy you know sales sales boy basically was was maybe one of the easier jobs to do you literally just stand there and always on your feet yeah. we're walking around and we're going through the town and we're gonna sell these papers today phil <laughs> pretty good I, I missed that song. Santa Fe. That's in the new version. Yeah. <laughs> Adult newsies. Um, so we get to get to know them uh, pretty uh, pretty quick early on, and Jack kind of very quickly befriends both of these kids, these brothers. One because Les is like super cute, and he's going to sell papers really easily, and he yeah. has this this cute little shtick that he does where right. he's just like, you know, please. <laughs> Who that kid? <laughs> sell my last yeah. paper. That is the kid. Uh, he was the kid in uh, Dick Tracy, the movie. Oh, the younger uh, brother is the is the little boy from Dick Tracy. That would have come out. Dick Tracy was probably about the same, right around the same about time. the year. Yeah, yeah, ninety one maybe, or nine, I, I bet it was nineteen ninety. Dick right, Tracy around the same time, and then he later was in a movie called Can't Hardly Wait. Go ahead, continue. Okay, back to you, Phil. By the way, David Jacobs 
I for all, probably the first two thirds of this movie, maybe almost all the movie, I thought he was uh, Tom Everett Scott. He looks a lot like Tom Everett Scott. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, the guy from That Thing You Do. Yes. Um, which the O Eaters. Yeah. Which uh, I, honestly, like, they were probably born about the same year. That Tom Everett Scott and um, D- the guy that plays David is also his name is David. David Moscow. David Moscow or Moscow is. Um, plays David in this movie and he actually is in a movie with Tom Everett Scott. It's called uh, River Red or and something his, like that. brother or something? Yeah, they're brothers in that movie. So, and then they do look a lot alike. So, but I mean, Tom Everett Scott obviously can sing like he was in the Oneaters. So, yeah. um, but uh, I thought it was him for the longest time. Cool. <laughs> anyway, um, so he gets, gets into them and, and David kind of becomes like this, um, smart smarty like he's the brains behind so he he can't speak like he's uh kind of like moses like he he has the ability but not the means to um or vice versa i guess uh to actually be the front runner like the one that's actually organizing what yeah becomes he's a not really the poster boy but he's the man behind the curtain yeah um and so they kind of kind of ride less's <laughs> coattails a little bit he so ends up you know becoming that that uh, avenue for selling papers, but then David becomes almost kind of fast friends with Jack, and then they end up. He says, "Hey, why don't you come over for dinner?" And they go back to the their apartment. That's when he meets Sarah, and it's like it's painfully obvious that there's going to be a love, love interest at first sight. <laughs> and honestly, like later in the movie, it feels so forced. Like what's happening? You're like, do they really have this much connection? Like I don't. Here's my problem, and I think we've fixed this problem over the years. This is an early '90s movie, so take that with a grain of salt. But um. She's in the movie for a total of two minutes, maybe yeah. three minutes yeah, total. Yeah, you're like, you got to fill in a lot of information. The breakfast scene, which happens about halfway through the movie, is their longest scene together, and and it's there's not much dialogue even in that scene. Um, they 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 have a brief moment at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end, and by the end of the movie, they're kissing. So it's it's a little. And they're off to <laughs> Santa Fe. <laughs> So uh, yeah, kind of kind of weird, but anyway, that's that's where they first meet, and um, uh, even though this guy's like an ex-convict and everything like that, the parents are fine with David hanging out with him. Uh, but in a weird like way, not not in a ex-con way like we would see it. He it's in he just a scamp. He'd gotten in some trouble. Yeah, he went to that weird. He was in that weird jail thing. The refuge. The refuge. Yeah, which is like somehow a step below an orphanage, like. It like, is prison. Like it, it is. You're locked in. But like for things like they, they let they it's, let you it's believe it's juvie basically. They let you believe that people are in there for essentially nothing. I mean, Crutchy is in there. So I mean, yeah. Like you can't be mad at Crutchy. Yeah, what a cute kid. He is a I mean, he is a bad actor. Golly, that kid. <laughs> he is my is my limp. Is it, oh, does it look real? Because you know, there's a lot of people faking on the streets now. Um, can I just speak to the acting in this movie real oh. quick? Is that what you're calling this? Acting? <laughs> I feel I, like it was like... I thought I thought Christian Bale did pretty good. Vinny, uh, the one kid from yeah, Doogie Howser. Doogie he, Howser. He's a good actor. He's a good lawyer. I actor. thought he was really good. Of course, um, he was also 25 in this movie. <laughs> like in real life, that kid was 25 years old playing, I, I thought, a 12-year-old. So, good for him. Yeah. Do you know the character that we're talking about? Race? Racetrack. I think I know. Yeah. Um, he's the he's the one. His accent is the thickest. But in, the thing the is, is in, when you hear that guy talk in real life, yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, he 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 really sounds and like he that. He sounds like Ben Yeah, he's a good actor. I just it was just really funny. Like 
you do the math. He was that guy was born in 1967, and he's playing that kid in 1992. Yeah, he's 24, 25 when they filmed this thing. Yeah, it's that's weird. Like Hollywood, at its he best. looks like a kid, but it's like Hannah Montana's brother on Hannah Montana <laughs> that was like 27 years old. Um, David Moscow, I think, is is really good. Um, the the kid is is not, but he's obviously really young. I thought Bill Pullman was really good. I, I really enjoyed watching him. I think this is maybe Robert Duvall's worst movie, as far as acting. It's terrible. Robert Duvall's the uh, Pullman. No, I know. I'm trying to think of something worse. He's in Secondhand Lions. I love it. Um, he's in a lot of other good stuff. You're probably he's correct. A- Hey, he's a, he's a great actor. He's not a good actor in this movie. No, and I, I I think it's that's probably more of a result of direction or or lines or something like that. There there are uh, there are points where like he uses the same inflection with his finger like over and over again. Like he's just like shaking his finger. Just listen shake, to me. Maybe well, he shakes it a second time just to make sure he didn't. Is you, and he's <laughs> makeup. He's makeup. Up. And I think he's thinking. <laughs> I'm gonna be. You know, this is gonna be my big a big role. I'm gonna win some awards, even though they were nominated for a bunch of. Uh, Tony's for this, by the way, which is really funny to me. But yeah, well, they was eligible. <laughs> I guess I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. Can you get a Tony for a film? They did. They were nominated okay. for Tonys. No, I'm. Sa- I'm thinking of the musical. The musical. I'm sure I lied. Was, the the musicals got like eight Tonys or something like that. I lied. Don't you know? Um. Every honestly, every other cast, and there aren't a lot of other cast members, but every other cast member is forgettable. I I think even Sarah is is not great. Um, in this movie, um, but Robert Duvall probably takes the cake for he's. If there's a Razzie to give out, and it probably did get a you know, couple they Razzies. Did. They won a. They won. They were nominated for worst picture Razzie that year, worst director for Kenny Ortega, <laughs> wow, worst supporting actor for Robert Duvall, and worst supporting actress for Anne Margaret, which I don't remember her much. It other is, than, uh, Meta, Meta. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the showgirl, the, the showgirl, the really wholesome, family friendly showgirl. Uh, which is a real thing. Yikes! <laughs> so, uh, and but it won worst original song for High Times, Hard Times. I don't even remember that song. Yeah, that that's probably, probably is that the meta song. Let's find out. Oh, you it guys might can, be. You guys continue on. We'll find it. Uh, I think we should play it on here. But yes, you're right. It's it's the one that she sings with the rest of the kids. Yeah, I would they, say at the rally. If you can dial that up, maybe even in post production, play that <laughs> right now. That would be great. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, we sorry we get, keep getting off topic. Sorry, I, the, the I need to speak to Anne Margaret for a second. I think it's super weird. Let me see if I can get her on the phone. <laughs> but but she's probably not doing much. No, she's not. Is she alive? Um, Anne Margaret was born in the forties. I think late forties. Um, she's almost fifty years old. I think she is fifty. She's during still alive. The, during seventy nine years old. Oh, yeah, what a beaut, Anne Margaret. Um. She doesn't look fifty in the movie. I, no, I will say that. No, she's a great looking lady. Like, yeah. like, yeah, she's a great looking lady. But I, I would say she probably looks like she's in her late thirties in the yeah. movie. And um, Margaret, when she was, uh, you know, in her twenties and thirties, there are many, many people on planet Earth, millions of people that men that would say she is the best looking woman on the planet. Yeah, I've seen since watching the movie, I, I, look, I found a few pictures of her like gro- yeah. growing up, like yeah. in film and stuff like that. And yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah, but she's um, a family friendly lady. You know. You know, showgirl. Yeah. Family friendly. I just thought it was a little weird. Uh, Her like, and Jack. Bring on the newsies. <laughs> These kids are like 15, and I don't know. She's almost like she looked to me like she was 40, like in, almost 40 in the movie. And I, I thought that was a little strange. Like, why not cast someone that was in their 20s or something like that? It's Disney. But, you know, they don't know any better. Anyway. 
Um, we got Anne Margaret. Wow. So Jack's whole thing is that he he wants to make enough money so that he can join his parents. So he says in New Mexico. We're supposed to meet up in San Jose. Santa Fe. Santa Fe. Santa Fe. <laughs> How could you forget that? That's the name of the song. It rhymed with San Jose and Santa Fe. <laughs> that would be a different song. San and Jose. Have, have you been to San Jose, Phil? <laughs> oh yeah, many times. Yeah. So would it could be you better than Santa Fe? Driving into town, the pristine <laughs> San Jose. The one thing I knew about San Jose growing up was that it was crime ridden. Like it was just like unbelievable. So Jack Kelly would fit in perfectly in the San Jose. The blessing of San Jose. Uh, I love their. Their hockey team is the San Jose Sharks. Are they still there? Yeah. I love their mascot. Go ahead. It's in a rough part of town. Um, so anyways, then then we cut to Pulitzer, and we'll kind of discuss this part of the plot. So Pulitzer basically, I don't know. Do you want to you speak to it? He's Jeff Bezos. I've been talking a lot. He's well, Jeff Bezos. Well, basically, Pulitzer and Hearst are trying to outdo each other with their papers. So Pulitzer gets this great idea that how's he going to beat Hearst? He's gonna raise the price of the papers for for the newsies, and I, and I, that was something I wasn't familiar with how how it all works, like the history of it. So the newsies actually like have to physically buy the papers, mm-hmm. like they take money out of their own pocket and buy the papers, and then they sell them for more money yeah. than what they paid for them. So if they don't sell all of them, it's just their loss, right? And that's why, like, you see a lot of them coming up, and and they're almost—it's almost like a gambling. Like they're bidding yeah. on, like, I can—I think I can sell thirty today. I can—I think I can sell fifty. Of course, Jack comes up and says, "I'll take a hundred, You know, mm-hmm. um, so like, d- depending on how good you were at selling at selling papers, is how much money you made. Yeah, it, it wasn't based on salary or time spent. It was how many can I sell today? So I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, he—they say that, that he has Pulitzer has like these two um, cronies that are like. A, you know, uh, recommending ideas for him all the time and, and basically consulting him. And one of them says, well, let's just raise the price of the paper. He's just like, well, that's a good way to go out of business. And so he's like, okay, we can't raise the price of the paper. We can't reduce. And uh, one, one guy said, Hey, let's reduce salaries, especially starting from the top. And he like looks right at Pulitzer and Pulitzer's like, I'm going to fire you. And then um, he's like, so we can't do either of those things. So what do we do? Well, let's raise the price for the news, the newspaper boys. So, so that what basically, yeah, that's basically what start, starts all this thing. And then the movie kind of becomes a movie about a strike for almost the entire film right. after that. And again, I, I didn't, I never watched this movie growing up. I saw this for the first time last, I mean, yet last night and today. And so I, I, I had no idea. Like the movie is basically about the, Think the about strikes. how brave you'd have to be as a kid to go on strike in this time where you're yeah. like, you just may end up wind up dead because you're a kid. Like kids in the 1800s are synonymous with property, or if you're in this situation, they're orphans. A lot of them, and they're not making like any money. Yeah, and yeah. so they can. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. Kid Blink, the real life Kid Blink, what a stud! Yeah, seriously, pretty cool. So, and it doesn't go very much, but I, I guess you know the the. The value of a coin back then was, you know, pretty right. like way, way different. Infl- inflation is, yeah. I mean, like they could get a hundred papers, newspapers for six for fifty cents. So that that's how much the value of a dollar was back then. Uh, I mean, just inflation has made everything insane. But um, and they were going to raise it to sixty cents, which sounds like a lot, but it's it's like a tenth of a penny per paper is is right. the difference. But I mean, a penny would have been 
fairly valuable um, back then. So, I mean, a penny could almost be like worth a dollar now. Right. <laughs> like it's, you know. Because, I mean, if you think about it, they're doing this every single day. So if they're not selling papers, they could lose money pretty rapidly. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what they decided to do. 50 to 60 cents is the um, thing is, you know, basically price gouging them so that they can make more money and then beat Hearst at his own game and actually, you know, become the... It's the New York World is the name of the paper that they're trying to um, become like the supreme paper. By the way, and I, I don't, I don't know that this is the same in New York. I'm not f- privy to New York, um, you know, periodicals and stuff like that nowadays. But Post and the Times are, the are those two the two, one, the two okay. big ones. The Post and the Times. So really, it's just a battle of two papers now. I mean, it may I mean, even be other one stuff. I mean, there's magazines, but yeah, I mean, the main two. The main but, two I, that I hear about are the Times. And the post, but the other ones that they mentioned are the the New York World, which I read went out of business in the '30s or something. The Sun, was the Sun was who's they become a named entity in this movie because uh, Denton, Bill, Bill, yeah, Denton, Bill Pullman's character is a reporter for the Sun, and then there's another. I think there's even another paper that's mentioned. There's like four or five papers right. that are going on. They 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 mention the Times once during the movie, and it's just when Pulitzer's bragging about all the people he's inviting to his poker game, right? Um, and so. And that was the other thing I thought was very interesting. I think the story of this movie is actually really interesting. I, I, I'm yeah, going mean, to be well. hard on some other things on it, and there's some parts of uh, about this movie I, do, I did not like. Um, the acting is, is just one of several. <laughs> but um, I think the story is actually really good. And, you know, I, I think you can't give too much credit because it's based on real events. It's, it's really just kind of fictionalized history. But the, the story is captivating. And I, like, I think the book would be an interesting read. Um, mm-hmm. so I, it's, it is a heroic story. It's, it almost feels like star Wars. Like these people are going up against an unbeatable army. Um, later on towards the end of the movie, I, I didn't write it down, but Pulitzer has a couple, I think notable quotes about the news, which they're trivial to the plot of the movie, but I thought they were interesting quotes. They're gonna, one, but it's like nowadays where they're going to control yeah. what people read or what control what people see and they make the news and they've, you know. Pulitzer knew that. So. But Pulitzer has a quote towards the end of the movie that I thought was phenomenal, um, where he says something like, "The news is power. Like, like to control the news, the source of news is to control power yes, itself." And, and he says, "He says I make this city, I make this town think whatever I want them to think." And I think that that is still a mindset. And I'm not trying to be weird here, but like the media now does that same stuff. The internet does that. Yeah. So. Um, Basically, so we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. Speaking of the sun, um, so we were introduced, introduced to Denton. The, the strike starts, and their their biggest problem at that point is really how do we get the word out? Because if it's just going to be us here in Manhattan, I, I'm assuming it's in Manhattan, right? Yeah, yeah, cause they yeah Manhattan. because they sends everybody else out to the other boroughs. Yeah. And no one wants to go to Brooklyn, which is really funny. They talk about Central Park and That's stuff like Spot that. That's Conlon's territory. Is that, is that why? <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to go to Brooklyn. They're scared. So they said, okay, well, let's let's all go to different boroughs and try to get all of those newsies on board, and we'll, and we'll actually have a force to be reckoned with once kind of all the boroughs are, are controlled by the strike. So um, nobody wants to go to Brooklyn. Jack and David and Les, Les does Les mm-hmm. go with them? Um, go out, to, out out there to Brooklyn, and they meet with Spot, which I thought I thought Spot was kind of a cool character. He's just a very small like sea level character in this movie but i thought he was well acted um he's got this uh almost kind of mobster kind of feel to him i think and they go out there say hey will you join our cause and they say no 
basically spots like, Hey, we're not, we're not going to do that. We need, we need the money. We need the jobs, that kind of stuff. And so they come back to Manhattan kind of dejected from that whole encounter, but they're starting to get some, uh, motion from some of the other boroughs and stuff like that. And then basically it ends up coming to a head when they really get serious about the strike and actually like attack a distribution, a distribution center of papers and end up, there's a big like uh, musical number here, but like they're, they're ripping papers and throwing them in the air. They're basically kind of destroying the, the fa- facilities of this place. And uh, they get into a little bit of a fight. So there's, there's the, the villains in this, in this movie other than Pulitzer are like the Delancey brothers and Wiesel. Or weasel. Weasel. That's <laughs> Weasel. We, I don't understand why Weasel is such a has to be such a mean character. He's literally just the guy that delivers the papers to the newsies. His existence is probably <laughs> crappy. By the way, I mean he's yeah he's probably surly because he just hates his life. Probably yeah. I mean think about this existence. Sweating hot, the sound of the papers over. He probably goes to sleep at night. To the sound of the the paper yeah. being fed through whatever machine, and the screams in the distance of a young child's hands being crushed by the Gutenberg press. Ah! <laughs> yeah, Squints is dead. Uh, we're gonna have to reprint that whole batch of papers. <laughs> and now you wonder why they call him Weasel. Back to you, Phil. <laughs> Uh, they all have uh, phenomenal names, by the way. The the names of the of the boys themselves, like I, I don't remember hardly any of them, but like Crutchy is like is Crutchy. One, <laughs> they call they call Jack Cowboy. Some of them are actually kind of kind of uh, race cool names, car, race track. What was his name? Race track was one. Vinny from Doogie Hauser. Yep, race track. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so they this thing kind of comes to a head so there's the delancey brothers which are kind of like almost not like hitmen like they don't kill anybody but they're basically like enforcers for pulitzer himself yeah, they're like the they work for pulitzer they're yeah the they're like strike breakers. they're like the criminal underbelly yeah they're they're the ones that's going to rough you up if you're if you're if you're not towing the line which i, I think is kind of crazy to think about and then there's the cops themselves that which are obviously just trying to keep peace and all of this gets messier when when they find out that jack um, Kelly is involved to again escape from prison, uh, like a juvie prison. Um, and then there's the strike breakers themselves, which are honestly just kids that are just trying to make a living. Like they just, they don't care about the strike. They don't care about anything, the politics of anything that's going on. They're willing to pay the extra 10 cents for a hundred papers and, and, and they get into some struggles and some fights. This is all historically accurate. Um, but they, end up having to fight some of them or challenge them like, Hey, put down, put down those papers. You're not selling anything today. Cause we're all in this, we're all in this we're together, all in to, this to, together to quote another Ortega. Uh, selling papers with <laughs> Only 13 years before. Yeah, exactly. We don't, we aren't guaranteed any food, but we're not going to sell papers today. We're going on strike. <laughs> so they capture crutchy who becomes this character that is kind of like the one you know, uh, I mean, they're doing it for themselves. They're doing it for, you know, kids, child labor, just in general everywhere. But they're also like, do it for Crutchy. Like, you know, we got to get him yeah, back. Yeah. Um, so. Not a martyr, but he's a martyr for them, basically. We all love Crutchy. Who doesn't love Crutchy? Yeah. How can you not love a kid with Papers? A crutch? I like the Crutchy spinoff stuff that they've done on Disney Plus, where Crutchy goes, <laughs> paper no crutchy <laughs> no crutchy no 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 
Cup. No, car. Paper? <laughs> uh, then there is, I think, what becomes a, either a famous or infamous scene <laughs> in the... Uh, so they, they love this meta girl a lot. And they, they just... Dude. Somehow they get the rights to have this big like political rally mm-hmm. inside of that. What kind of show is it? I, I cabaret. Wa- I wanted to say burlesque. Is that right? It's like cabaret burlesque Okay, it's show. it's for adults, right? Vaudeville. <laughs> it's vaudeville at the time. Okay, I mean, she's vaudeville. not like taking off her clothes or anything. It's just, no. it's just like a... Well, because it's Disney. But in real life, I mean... It would, oh, would it have been? Well, no, in real life, I think it would have been like just this vivacious like, yeah. you know, Chiquita banana situation where she's doing her, you know, dance. Right. So anyway, so they have uh, Carmen. All, that's the dancer. <laughs> all these kids have this this rally inside one of these burlesque um, venues. Basically, it's, it seems weird to tell it that, that way, but um, and Meta comes out like during the rally and she's doing her thing and they're all hooting, and hollering, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like, and there's some like innuendo in some of the words in the song, which is kind of interesting. And then um, and then it gets raided. Like the police actually come in and the Delancey it, brothers. Yeah. The Delanceys are kind of like working with the police. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, Sad. There's a lot of corruption going on. Like it's it's a it's not as simple as a, of a story as I thought it was going to be when it, when the movie first started. That's for sure. But um, and then they're they're really going after Jack in particular, and um, he uh, gets a yeah he gets away. No, mm-hmm. he doesn't get away there. Nope. Okay, this no, is he, gets, he gets an uppercut right to the much. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he thinks he's getting away, he's and flying. he turns to that one guy and does that very hilarious mobster punch, <laughs> slow mo punch, and he falls back into the waiting arms of the police. And then it's time for trial. No, dude. And, the tr- okay, so let's talk about the trial. Trial. <laughs> Can you call it a trial? Who's gonna represent you, kids? <laughs> we don't got no money. That's even better. It's like so like corrupt. Grade the, grade the defense rests. But Denton is going to pay all the legal fines. <laughs> yeah, I did think that was kind of cool. Denton, Denton is a cool character. I um, I, I, I really like, I, I think Bill Pullman is, is great. I, I generally like him and just about anything. But um, I thought his character was really cool. Like he originally, this is how I took it. You guys can correct me, but I took it as him initially just looking for a story. Like mm-hmm. he just wanted to write a story. Um, whether for fame, money, it doesn't matter. Like he, he was like, I, I see an opportunity. True yeah. journalist. He's trying to, you know, make a name for a, himself. Yeah, because he, you know, covers wars, this and that. So you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, but it changes after at some point, pretty early on in the movie, and the, definitely in the first act, he is already sympathetic to their cause. Like he, he wants to see these guys succeed, and he's really like almost consulting for them, giving them advice. Hey, what you guys need to organize. Like you need to get a rally together. Organize. And I, th- I think he's, he kind of represents, I looked at the, the actual historical data like the, like the actual events in, in history, in real history mm-hmm. that happened. And there were a lot of adults involved. I think he kind of represents, you know, a dozen different adults that were helping these kids, the lawyers. There were all kinds of people involved. There are no lawyers in this movie. They, they skim over a lot of the details, but but he kind of represents all of that, like all of those people. But yeah, he is, he dances with them, sings. Sings. <laughs> Bill Pullman's not a bad singer in this movie. No, and he's a very talented guy. Bill Pullman is a very talented individual. So um, I like him a lot. We can take a break from the plot for a second. and, and He's the president on Independence Day. Yeah. Continue. Today we celebrate 
Our independence. Our independence. Now, Randy Quaid, fly that plane <laughs> up into the UFO that somehow can't shoot you down. Go ahead. Um, he's a decent singer. I think Christian Bale is okay. I, I don't. He's not a bad singer. Um, I've, I've heard. I've heard bad singers in especially uh, big screen mm-hmm. musicals. I don't think he's a bad singer. He's not a great singer. And honestly, I don't think many of the chorus kids are either. There's one kid in particular I thought was pretty good, but he only sings like two lines in one of the songs. It's all, you know, mess, meshes together. And like a lot of it's overdubs. Like a lot of those are overdubs, I think, in the thing. So like you don't know the who's legitimately singing whatever, the distance. I mean, oh yeah, they're just dancing around. They're cavorting around. The dance numbers are solid. Dude, the dancing is really the good. The choreography is going to be, but you know why? Why, Grant? Why is the choreography good? Uh, Kenny Ortega, freaking Ortega. <laughs> Does he do all the choreography? Yes. Okay. He is a he's he worked with Michael Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. So, oh, yeah. He's okay. he is top. Dude, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. That there are scenes in this movie that look like a Michael Jackson video, like yeah, when they're that, all like veed up. That's like, why you hire <laughs> Kenny Ortega. Yeah. Now, the rest of it, who knows? <laughs> This is his directorial debut. Yeah, never so that probably hurt him for a while, and then he, you know, pulled out of it. So, um, it does look like the dancing is phenomenal in this in this movie. The kids, I think, were mostly hired for that uh, for their dancing abilities. Um, but the the dancing is re- really good. I honestly, surprisingly, so I thought that Max Canella, I can't, I can't remember Casella, Casella, the, the guy that played Doogie Howser's friend. Uh, I think he's actually. Kind of decent, really talented, like singing, talented, guy. and he's a good dancer yeah. in the movie too. Um, although I, I doubt he was hired for his dancing. I, I think he that he probably got trained yeah, to dance in probably. this movie. But um, and I think, like I said, Bill Pullman. But honestly, everyone else is not that great. I'm glad yeah. they didn't have Duvall sing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he sings in, in this movie. Can I, can I do a crutchy quote? Sure. When you work, when hold on, you say when in, you in when you work with Jack. You work with the best. It's a crutchy quote from the movie. His his voice, man. Great so on you. Put on, it's so put on. You'll have to say his quote at the end to Warden Snyder. What's he say at the end? Do it now. I can't think of the exact quote. But it's about how he needs to make friends with the rats. Oh, yeah. Oh. That is, that's probably his best line in the movie. And then he pushes him down into the sewer and the rats eat him. <laughs> Not quite. Um, Wrong movie. Newsies. That's why they got an R rating on this movie. Grant, I feel like we've been kind of crapping on your your favorite musical here. What? Uh, what Sorry, what, I go. What are some of the songs that you like? Podcast on people pretty quick here. What are some of the songs that you like from the movie? Well, I like uh, "Carrying the Banner," which is the okay. first, the very first song. Um, Santa Fe's all right. It's so funny that. Um, King of New York's pretty good. King King of New York, I think, is the strongest song in it. And then. Uh, was it just called Seize the Day? Yeah. I don't mind that one either. But probably King of New York and Carry the Banner are probably my two favorite songs in this. Yeah. Um, the, another so. notable one is The World Will Know. We're yeah. talking about the, the paper of the world. Um, and The Greatest Show also. No. That's oh, not in this one. Oh, sorry. Let um, It Go is also a good I th- one. one. And Margaret sings a couple songs, one by herself and one with the rest of the cast. Um, she sings My Lovey Dovey D- Baby, Oof. which I thought was just okay. Um, she's a decent singer. I just yeah. I, th- I don't think she's given 
really great songs to sing. Right. Um, my lovey Debbie baby's okay. Um, it's kind of kind of meant to be that um, Jessica Rabbit kind of style. Yeah, but fifty-year-old <laughs> Aunt Margaret. Yeah. Anyway, um, so funny. It, I did think it was kind of funny when Les starts singing the words like "You're gonna." You're gonna be my hoochie coochie or something like that when as he's falling asleep. <laughs> and the parents are just like, Oh, you guys can keep hanging out with Jack. He's a great guy. Gosh. <laughs> so, um anyway, uh they um I don't even remember where we left it off on okay, oh Jack gets captured, right? Yep. And then and Jack, we find out his name is Francis Sullivan. Yeah. And his mother's dead and his dad's in prison. Which uh So he ain't going to Santa Fe. Um I think if you've seen a Disney movie, you knew this was coming. Um, yeah, but there's not only actually orphan, dead parents. Or he doesn't actually have parents, yeah. Um, yeah, he he doesn't even have a mom and, anymore, and his uh, father's locked up. And um, basically, he's given an ultimatum. Like, there's no trial <laughs> at all. Like, literally, the... Uh, what's, what's his name? Snyder? The, yep. the warden. The warden Snyder. <laughs> comes in and becomes the prosecution... In this, I'm like, what is going on right I now? I will take the, I will take this boy. <laughs> this isn't that far off a of reality. Was it, was it true that the warden would come in and be the prosecutor? Well, not normally, case? but okay, they can do whatever they want. But in I mean, this he's world, they still can do technically they want. a minor, so I'm sure he had a lot of pull, and I'm sure it's a normal occurrence where he takes in these kids to the refuge. Sad. Yeah. Um, he's sad, a, he's sad kind work. of a sleazeball, but oh, yeah. no, none of the adults know that. Not at this time. Um, he gets his comeuppance at the end, but he he basically he basically says, you know, hey, you need to convict this kid. He escaped from from my jail, and I've been trying to get him back ever since. He's committed all these crimes, and so it's it's an open shut case. Like the case, like literally started twenty seconds before he strikes the gavel and says, okay, you're thrown in prison. And then a gulag. I, explain to me the next part. Cause I, I was confused by it. Um, obviously it's corruption. I, I mean, I get that, mm-hmm. but like he's supposed to go to prison, the state of New York, like, or the city at least sentences him to prison. Mm-hmm. And then Pulitzer says, I'll make you a deal. If you work for me, you don't have to go to prison. Is that, did I follow that right? I, I mean, pretty much. I think it's, He's basically for movie sake, but basically ahead. trying to stop the strike from happening. Right, and Pulitzer believes that if he has their quote unquote leader running the show and working for him, then the strike will just end, and then it'll go back to normal. And he's able to do this because he plays poker with Snyder, right? Yeah, like they're they're basically working together on this. Yeah, and Pulitzer runs everything. I mean, well, and he knows the, he he knows the mayor and the, he like, knows everybody. Yeah. Pulitzer knows everybody. Pulitzer probably runs everything. I mean, yeah, if you're gonna if the way they're going here, I mean, I, in real life, I don't know. So this but is all can, done being done under the table, basically. Like, probably. the law doesn't isn't yeah. aware of any of this, right? And they're kids; they're nameless, faceless children. Yeah, that back then had no rights. Yeah, they don't really care what's going to happen to this kid. There is no there is no Six Flags. There is no Disney World. Okay, in this world, there is only you will do the train paper delivery. There is only the train station, and only do this, and there is no fun. And you, as a child, must work for Pulitzer or Hearst, depending on where you ended up at, or maybe in a horrible, some horrible scenario, the Sun. That's it, Phil. Yeah, 
It's not rainbows, lollipops, and <laughs> sugar sugar plum, you know, fairies. But Pulitzer uh, gives a pretty good deal because uh, he also threatens to throw the rest of the newsies in the refuge. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, originally he's, he tells them where to stick it. He, he's like, hey, I, I don't need your money. I don't need that. He basically says, I'll, I'll give you everything you need to go free. Like, you can just get on a train to the Santa Fe and, and just leave this world behind. he's got behind. leverage. So, he has that leverage. Yeah. And so, at first, like, you're like, okay, you know, he's going to be enticed, but there's no way he's going to do it. And he doesn't. He says, you know, I sorry, no deal. Go pound sand. And then, but then it, then it turns into a negative reinforcement of like, okay, I'm going to, he's like, I bet, I bet your friend David has... A, a family, a sister, you know, people that you love, that you care about, uh, you know, you wouldn't want anything bad to happen to them, would you? And so then that becomes the impetus for him to basically say, yeah, we're not going to, or I'm going to go along with the plan and, right. and do exactly what you tell me to do. So, so yeah. Um, and that's what happens the next time we, that we see him. He's basically with the strike breakers. He's got a, you know, he's got a suit on. He looks like all rich and he's got the paper slung up on his shoulder. He's, he's, all rich. he's, he's ready to, he's, he's ready got to his nice suit. Yep. And hat. And of course the, the, the strikers, the newsies can't uh, believe it. Yeah. They're, you know, insulting him and throwing Say it stuff at him. So. Yeah. Are my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> Racetrack is, is kind of at the front of that. He's upset. Yeah. He's pretty upset. At two. At two, at two, bar, and at, then at two Bartek. and then David steps up and he's like, has a nice talk with him. Yeah, almost, almost attacks him. Like he gets held back at the last second, but yeah, he's he's ready to go to blows with him. He's ready to soak him, as they say. Soak. <laughs> but then, what happens to change this all? Tell us, Grant. Enter. Sarah. Yeah, it's all it, every every movie. This movie came out the same year as Aladdin, so we know that a street rat and a girl are going to be involved, and it's it's going to be it's going to be all about romance. So yeah, so what happens next? So the Delancey brothers are going to go take care of David, as they say, and so they find Sarah and Les, and they start beating her up no. to or roughing her up, not really beating her up. Yeah, can't beat up a girl and hoping that David will come out. And so David finally shows up and then they rough him up. Mm-hmm. And then finally Jack shows up and comes to the rescue. Yep. He's yeah. had enough. And then the Delancey brothers run back to uncle weasel and <laughs> go tell him that Jack is no longer with them. And one part that happens right before this, that we kind of skipped over was um, Denton, basically gets threatened yeah. at work. We, th- that scene's not shown, but he references it. He basically, they're, they're saying, you know, you're going to, you're going to stop printing stories about, you're not going to cover the strike. Cause dude, the corruption is like, and they, this is, this is based on real events. So like this stuff actually happened. Yeah. But, like, I mean, to a point. I mean, yeah. 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 To a point. But like, like the papers obviously were not going to, not willing to work with the strike. Well, and, none of the, none of the papers reported on the, uh, the, the rally they had. Yeah. Or, they they know, wouldn't. They were told not night. to. Like, yeah, and then the police come in and break it all up. And so, like this stuff is is really happening. But as as Denton says in the movie, if it's not in the papers, it never happens. Never happened. And so that you know, Pulitzer and Hearst are pulling the strings for this whole city. Like they're telling the, their papers and every other paper, the Sun and all these other papers, yes. not to cover this. Do, do not report on the strike. Just like now, Phil. If it's not on Google, it didn't happen. It never happened. And so. I'm just telling you, 
We're not that far off <laughs> right now from Pulitzer's horrible world of control. Yeah. Just saying. You can mm-hmm. see it. Can't you see it? Can you see it, Grant? Can you see it? Or is Jack just... Um, is he a conspiracy? No, theorist? I'm definitely one of those. Jack loves consp- conspiracy. I'm definitely one of those. But I'm just saying. Or is he a realist? It just changes. <laughs> the story just changes. It's all same, same, same story. story, just different delivery, pal. <laughs> and now we're all the newsies because they have all of our data. We're the newsies. And now it's time to seize the day. <laughs> Santa Fe! <laughs> anyway, there you go. I've got nowhere else to go with that. So they, then in the middle of the movie is out of the picture. He says, I'm actually being shipped, shipped out. Like they're going to have me do war correspondence at the time, which I guess is the Spanish American war that was going on. Yeah. During this time. Well, no. Cause it, San Juan I, Hill, he talks about San Juan Hill. Spanish American war would have been around before this. Late 1800s. Yeah. Slightly before this. Cause that's what th- Teddy Roosevelt was in that. So, and I thought he had a good line. There are some good lines in this movie. He had a good line of like, um, he looks, he looks at one of the kids in the eye and he says, uh, you don't always get fired. And I thought that was, that was kind of a cool line. Like sometimes you just get relegated to, you know, they just move you. They just change your position on you and just move you somewhere else that yeah. you're, so you're not doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing. So he, he, for most of the movie has been kind of this rebellious character with the newsies, but then gets put in his place. He's, he says, Hey, ultimately I need a job, man. <laughs> like I need a paper to write for. And, and if I can't write for this paper, I'm not going to find work anywhere. So he says, I'm towing the line and I'm going to do war correspondence. Well, they catch him. So right after everything just happened with the, you know, saving the Jacobs children, we get to the scene where they knock on Denton's door and he's literally about to ship out. Like he's got his bags packed and everything like that. And they're like, Hey, we need your help. And I, I wasn't sure how he, he was going to react. I thought he was going to be like, Hey, sorry, man, I already told you I can't help you, but he actually reneges and he's like, okay, all right, let's, let's do this. What, what do we need to do? And their bit, their biggest problem at this point is still getting the word out. Cause again, we just covered it. The papers will not cover the story. So nobody knows that the strike is even happening. So where can we find a printing press? Yeah. <laughs> so where do, where do they go next? Pulitzer's basement. So awesome. And they print their nice story. <laughs> It's just a one page. It's yep. it's like not like a whole newspaper, but they 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 pull like the sheet, like this cloth or whatever, yep. off of this old printing press, and he's like, "Oh, I guess Pulitzer never throws anything away." Yeah, and it's like the last year's model or whatever, but it still works. Where it's actually where Jack was staying when he was working for yeah, Pulitzer. That's right. Yeah, because he didn't have any place to go, yeah. and he wasn't staying at the refuge anymore. So yeah, he's like, actually, I know, I know where a printing press is, and so they sneak into this basement and just kind of all night kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's insinuated they they print just thousands of sheets of paper of of basically the story that that didn't always wanted to write but was not allowed to yep. at the Sun, and they give it to the best people that can deliver that the newsies, and they deliver it to all all five or whatever, six boroughs of New York and everyone knows about the strike all of a sudden. And then, and then what happens I, that the ending of this movie I thought was really clever. Um, I guess handed to, uh, what's his face that wrote the book. Um, I can't find his name now, but, um, like I, it's obviously his story that he yeah. wrote, but the, the final scene, do you remember what, what happens with all the crowds and stuff like that, that kind of descend on 
the New York world. So basically, like it incites. So the Pulitzer's big problem with the strike has not just been money. It, it ultimately comes down to money, yeah. but it's bigger than that for him because he is running the town. He's running all of New York City, basically. And he doesn't want to see strikes happen all over. Like for that, that that think that way of thinking of methodology to to infect all the other industries and so like there's sweatshops there's child labor everywhere and so the what starts with these newsboy this newsboys strike of 1899 ends up infiltrating all other industries and he sees the writing on the wall he can see that it's going to happen and so he's trying to quash it from the very beginning but that's that you see that at the end of the movie you see uh kids that are working in factories and other, you know, means, you know, asked to do all kinds of things, you know, at the age of 12 or whatever. And they, it becomes larger than just a bunch of newsboys. There's tens of, there's thousands and thousands of these kids that are all striking for their own thing. And there's girls out there. There's, there's, you know, lots of different kinds of people. Um, So I thought that was really, I actually kind of, even though I didn't love the movie entirely, I got chills at the end of the movie. (laughs) I thought the ending was really, really good. Yeah. So he finally has to give in to him. Yeah. And because he feels his power slipping away. Yeah. And Snyder gets taken into custody, which yep. is that, that quote from um, Crutchy. Crutchy. I'll find <laughs> that quote. That's a good one. Yeah, find it. Um, they, t- they take Snyder away because, um, well, part of the, the paper, the the one sheet that they that they printed off of, off of uh, Pulitzer's basement printer is was the story about the refuge itself. There's a whole article on that paper that you see in the movie that's exposing the secrets of the refuge and how these kids are being mistreated and locked up for no good reason, you know, exposing all the corruption basically with the refuge. And Teddy Roosevelt, who in this movie is just a governor, he's not he's not president. I guess he became president shortly after, after this. That, yeah. Um, so I, I didn't know that I, when they kept referencing Roosevelt throughout the whole movie, I was like, president Roosevelt, like, is that what they're talking Teddy about? Roosevelt, is yeah. Teddy the governor of New York? New York. Yeah. Um, he was, I guess had been to the refuge before, but it had been a while and he wasn't privy to how it had become. So yeah. Horrible. It just become this like horrible place. And so he basically shuts it down. Like he get, arrests Snyder and like shuts that whole thing down. Crutchy's freed and all the other kids that are freed against their will are freed. And then Snyder himself goes into imprisonment. Um, and Crutchy delivers a line that we're still trying to nope. find. What paper, <laughs> you know, what paper Pulitzer owned in the 1870s? The St. Louis Post Dispatch. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He so he is he originally from St. Louis? Uh, no, he just likes money. Oh, he lived in New York and ran that paper. He just bought it. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> he saw it as a market he could get into and bought it. So he uh, he owned a paper in Cincinnati. He owned papers all over. Yeah, like he, I mean, he died with like a like was like being worth almost uh almost fifty million dollars, which back in the early nineteen hundreds would have been. Astronomical. I mean, a billions yeah. of dollars now. Yeah. Pulitzer. Um, and then just to kind of wrap up Jack's story, he Roosevelt says, "Hey, you know, I'm honoring you, Jack, and you know, I'll, I'll make it make it happen if you want to go to Santa Fe. Like, I'll drop you off wherever you want to go, train station, and go for, go from here." Sarah gives him a look, <laughs> and then he hops in the the carriage and leaves Sarah and the newsies behind. And of course, he didn't. You knew it wasn't going to end there, mm-hmm. but. 
he ends up circling around and eventually decides to say it to stay. It's um, kind of insinuated that that Roosevelt talks him out of it. You know that hey, you know you're still needed here. You're still there's a lot more to work to be done here in New York City to to fix some of this corruption. So um, overall, I, w- I want to get your thoughts, your guys' thoughts on the movie overall. What 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 do you? Let's start with you, Grant, because I, I think you're you're probably going to be the most positive on it. Um. Well, I. I enjoy this movie. Um, I'm not a huge musical fan to begin with. Yeah. Overall. So this is, like I told you before we came on, this is probably one of my favorite musicals. Um, You've watched it how many times? You told me five or six, right? Yeah, I've seen it five or six times. We we own this movie too. So going back and watching it, when you... you, I don't know if it's on a physical disc. If you, when you're putting that disc in the drive to watch this movie, what are you excited to see? Is it the like the musical dance, the dancing number? I think the dancing is really great in this movie. Is it the, to see the dancing numbers or is it the plot? Yeah, I I mean I enjoy um, the songs. Um, it's cool to see Christian Bale and like his beginning years because yeah, I, I'm a big Christian Bale fan. I I enjoy him as Batman. He's awesome. And other movies like Public Enemies, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy it. It might not be the best one, but, I mean, overall, I think it's pretty good. And it helps Kenny Ortega because the one of my other favorite movies is Hocus Pocus. So, yeah. Yeah. Jack, what's overall? What do you think, man? Um, it's a good, it's a nice little time capsule into kind of how movies were made in the '90s, the early '90s, mm-hmm. and how Disney kind of thought to make movies in the early '90s, and how it was like not a guarantee that Disney's going to make a hit. Right. Um, the backdrop, the historical backdrop, is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know that. I, I don't know that now a movie would tackle something like this and try to spin it into fun. Like, think about that. Oh, right. <laughs> this is like a dire, like you talked about the play, like the musical, the actual Broadway musical, how they, they add a little bit more of the darkness to it. Like, Disney, I don't. I think they would be remiss to try to be like, and let's talk about the fun times these homeless kids had <laughs> selling papers for a gigantic corporate conglomerate. <laughs> They're starving, but they're having fun and working 20-hour days and also sleeping on the streets. Let's have some fun, kids. And sing, what a fine <laughs> life. Oh, it's a fine life. Oh, thanks for buying my paper, sir. <laughs> like, literal. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> But yeah, I just like I just don't think they would even even is, Disney would do that now where there's like let's create this what you know it is a, it is an odd world. it is an odd playground to for a, a musical to to live in like the, yeah. the this time period in this setting you, you said it about Aladdin like it's how Aladdin is like this street rat like doesn't have any money you know and it's similar where it's like let's yeah. use this level. Um, Disney does that with a lot of their characters. I mean, it's like the lesser possible character and let's rise them to the top. I mean, you know. Yeah. It's this, as far as like, um, make them relevant, you know, the, the, the darkness inherent in the, the plot of the movie, this is not white Christmas. Like it's not, it's not, it's not that kind of a movie where it's, 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 you know, about the odds of just a couple people versus a couple people. There's like this massive, like 
citywide corruption that's going on. Right. It's, it's, it's a heavy setting, I think, for this movie. But other movies have had that too. Like you think of Sound of Music and other other movies that are dealing with like national war and stuff like that, like or yeah, international war. Like, like those backdrops, like it's funny, like. But that even that one, like, like, even if you made the Sound of Music now. And you say, we're going to do this. Okay, let me tell you about this. It's in Austria. <laughs> he, the dad technically, at one point, technically is working for the Nazi party because Austria has been co-opted into that. Yeah. Whether he wants to or say it or not. And there are aspects of that throughout the whole movie. And the Nazis are in the movie. Like, I don't think they even put Nazis in a movie now. Like, Oh, yeah. In, not in the musical. No. <laughs> like, And so like this weird like... Other than the producers, I guess. Yeah. But, but that was back, you know, that's because Mel Brooks did it. I mean, like, Christmas for Hitler or whatever. Yeah, it's called. Springtime. Spring springtime. Time it's springtime. But you think about that. Like, and like, Germany. Just the weird stuff. And like now people would look at this and be like, well, if we talk about this, we technically have to talk about this. And it's all kind of tied together. And some of the same people are still at play. It's just weird. Like it's just a weird... I'm trying to think. Would I enjoy? Would have I enjoyed this movie better if it was just a drama, like just uh, like, like, a, like a historical drama? It like would be about no this. fun. It it definitely would have a different tone. I I think it could have been very serious, like almost like a Gains, Gangs Les of Miserables. New York. Have you seen guys that scene in Les Miserables? Yeah, that's true. That's another. And you're like, yeah, that's another movie. That's wow, really like the de- like the darkness, the low, low, low depths of what those people go through in that. Yeah, and it's similar. Except they do this one in this bright, shiny, we're having fun and we're homeless kids and we're having a great time. Yeah. I think I would watch uh, Gangs of New York is obviously polar opposite of as, as read this radar it's grittier, movie. But like, and it's just grittier. But I, would, I think a Gangs of New York kind of style telling of the Newsboys um, strike of, of 1899, yeah. I, actually, I would watch that. I think that would be pretty fascinating. The problem is kids, though. Like, it's yeah. literal children doing this. Yeah. And I'm not trying to get like this. But it almost like, gets too dark. In other third world countries currently today in this moment right now and whenever you're listening to this there are little kids making products that you are buying and using you don't think of it that way but like it's still going on child labor is still a thing yeah and so it just it it just in america at that time it was allowed and it wasn't and this is a lighter side of it like this isn't the the minds like these kids honestly like in comparison this actually was probably a better job than some of the other kids in a coal mine in West Virginia. Yeah, or like one of the one of the um, strike like protest signs that they have at the at very end of the movie is uh, says something like "Free the coal workers" or whatever. But like, think about that. Yeah, they actually like, yeah, and these kids don't know how to read. They're selling papers they don't know how to read. Right. Think about that. Yeah, oh, a, a lot of them uh, couldn't read the articles. That's an insane thing to think about. So yeah, they kind of gather in one scene. They kind of gather around Jack because he's like one of the few kids that can read the articles. Right. Like he's reading to them right. the, the headlines and stuff. Anyway, good job, Grant. Way to talk. Way to bring this on and talk about this because, like, yeah, it was I, good. I, interesting I, conversation. I have you and I talked about this before, and I had my doubts about doing this, but now it's like uh, one of my favorite things ever. So, thank well, you. you love history. I, I think that's that's the part of this movie that you probably I, like and the I also most. like making up stuff. So <laughs> along the way, I made up some things that were fun. So, well, I got the quote. I I have found. Okay, it. Okay, deliver it. So, basically, what happens? Can you is, make it sound like crutches? Walking up. <laughs> Basically what happens is Warden Schneider's coming up with the police and Jack's about to run away. But then the Denton tells him, you don't have to run anymore. Mm-hmm. And so Crutchy hops out and 
they're piling Warden into this wagon, about to take him away, and Crutchy's like, I can't say the voice, but, <laughs> uh, remember what I told you, Mr. Snyder. The first thing you do in jail, make friends with the rats. Share what you got in common. <laughs> and then he shuts the door uh, on him. That is a great line. And then in comes Teddy Roosevelt. Oh. <laughs> Robin Williams as Teddy Roosevelt? Uh, from, from, no, I'm just joking. I don't think so. Oh, from the, uh, from, uh, Night at the uh, Museum. Night at the Museum. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people have played Teddy over the years. What a character, too. Teddy Roosevelt, historically. Guys, what a great story. An amazing story. Do you know anything about him from his governor days? I mean, he was, he was, did, they, he busted up things like this. He's the trust buster. Oh, really? He's a trust buster when he became the president. And a lot of these, like Pulitzer, and like, they were at odds, honestly, historically. Pulitzer and him were at odds. Him and big business were at odds. Okay. So, like, like trusts, like now, Technically speaking, was he Democratic? Uh, he was a Republican. He was a Republican, he's, and he sounds like today's Democrat, like anti big, big uh, corporate America. And stuff. But he's very conservative in comparison. Like, yeah. It, anyway, he uh, trust busting. It'd be like, be like, Google is a trust in 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 by the terms that he would have busted it up. Microsoft, to a lesser extent, still a trust. Walmart would probably be busted up. Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. it's, there's no competition for what they do. Yeah, interesting. Like the things that these companies do, there's not competition. So we, you, they need to be chopped up into smaller bits so there's actual competition. Hmm. And so, like, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. There's capitalism, so it's a free market. So if people want to buy all their stuff from Walmart, they're allowed to. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just saying that, to me, uh, is one of his better things. He also, like, he was very sick when he was young, almost died several times, and then ended up, like... I mean, we wouldn't know about conservation the way we know about it without without Teddy Roosevelt. Right. So I got the teddy bear. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and and then just all the things. And then his uh, his cousin is uh, Franklin Roosevelt. FDR. And they're very different, though. Franklin, Del- if you read, if you know about Ted's policies and Franklin's policies, uh, they would not agree. They do not have the same policies. <laughs> they're different. Like they're very different <laughs> on things. So. Do you know the story of the teddy bear, Grant? I know Jack does. actual story? Uh, like, why we have the teddy bear? No. So, um... Not the Trumpy bear from the... Have you seen this? <laughs> no. Okay. There's a... I'm not anyway. sure I want to get into that. No, I'm just saying there's a commercial. I've seen a commercial for Trumpy bear. When okay. I'm golfing, I ride with Trumpy I bear. I got Trumpy bear. Anyway, go ahead. So, um, Teddy was a, a pretty a- avid conservationist and yeah. just loved nature and, you know, getting out in, into the wilds and stuff like that. He loved... Bull moose bear- party. What's that? Teddy Roosevelt, part of the bull. Go ahead. <laughs> he loved to hunt. Uh, he's a big hunter. Republican. And, and uh, Sorry, so he, he went out hunting. Um, and I think he was in, he was a president. I think at this, he was the president at this time. I can't remember the timeline of it. He would have been. He had, you know, obviously when you're the president, you have like 20 people that you can't hunt by yourself. Yeah. So he, he has this big entourage that goes with him out hunting and they're out all day. They can't find a single bear. It's just like the worst day of hunting ever. Well, he's the president of the United States. So they're like, we're going to make this a good, a good day of hunting. Somehow they attract a bear. They, they capture a bear some, and they're like, okay, we're going to set this bear up so that it can be killed by president roosevelt and so they set they end up tying up the bear i think they roped it to a tree or something like that so that it couldn't escape and basically just you know it's like trout fishing like in a trout farm like like here here's here's your bear shoot it and um in a a moment of mercy he's just like hey that's this isn't fair (laughs) this isn't like what hunting is all about you know the animal has no chance of even escaping um so release that bear i'm not i'm not gonna kill it 
well, the papers had a field day with this. They thought it was like the biggest, fun, the coolest story of a president ever in the history of presidents. And, you know, um, Theodore Roosevelt has mercy on the bear. And so that became, for months, people would talk about, you know, Teddy's this merciful to animals person, even though he's a hunter. And so um, then people started releasing that bear, I think it was a grizzly or something like that, as a, a like a child's toy. And they yeah. called they started calling it a teddy bear. Mm. So it was Teddy Roosevelt. Pretty so, good. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That's a good story. So uh, and he then, did a lot of good stuff. Teddy, Teddy did a lot of good things. Like he's a uh, man's man, though, and he wasn't always that way because his family has money. But he struck out on his own. To, went, went out west. Lived literally lived a cowboy's life. Like this before he became in public eye or that sort of thing. And um, so he could kind of get away from that stigma and learn some the things. Rough Riders. And, yeah, 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 and became uh, what he became. So pretty cool. Pretty cool guy. One of the schools in Sioux Falls, where I'm from, is actually the Roosevelt Rough Riders. That's cool. Huh. Anyway, so Teddy. Um, I so overall, I I liked this movie. No, I did. I didn't that. love back it. To that movie. Sorry, I'll watch my Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> stump speech. I don't. I don't know that I'll go back and watch it anytime soon. I think I will watch the musical, like the actual. Um, I think it came out in 2017. Um, the Broadway musical set to actual mm-hmm. um, recording. It's on Disney Plus. I'll probably watch that. Um, I don't know that I'll watch it anytime soon. It, it, I feel like now that I've got the story and I understand the story, I probably got everything out of it that I need to. Um, I think some of the songs are good. Some some other ones are regrettable or for, regrettable, for, forgettable. Uh, once you've seen, once you've heard I don't them think once, Alan Menken <laughs> regretted. No. no, I don't think you regretted this movie at all. Um, I think some of the acting is is good, but some of the other acting, I think Duval is terrible in this movie. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's he's he, a good he was so good before this movie. Like I, I, I don't know. I just I think actor. he was phoning it in. Yeah, they probably didn't pay him very much. They had a fifteen million dollar budget total. Um, but he probably got a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, it probably a lot of it probably did go to him. Christian Bale, even being the title character, may, may have got less. He just was not a known actor at the time. Um. Um. I think some of the characterizations are really cool. I loved the story of it and the historical nature of it. I think that was really, really good. Um, I thought the romance was just okay. So it, it's just, it's a hit or miss movie. Like there are some parts that I really, really liked. I, I told you I got chills at the end. So there's parts I really, really liked. And then other parts that I was just like dumbfounded. It's like, why are they doing this? So, um, and I felt like some of the the character motivations, I think were hard to, to, to be consistent throughout the, the film. So overall, I'm glad I watched it. I don't I don't think I'll come back to it anytime soon. Um, but I, I can definitely see how it has a cult following. People, I'm sure, especially if you, if you, like you were fairly young. I know this movie came out almost almost before you were born. You were yeah. very, very young when it came out. Um, and so, But I think if you watch this, I had friends, I had friends in high school when this movie came out, it was their favorite movie. Like they, they bought the, the VHS for 20 bucks probably when it first came out to you know to the local stores and they watched it every week like every month like it was their favorite movie um and i i just i never watched it at the time i think i would probably be a lot easier on it now if i had i watched it when i was younger so that's kind of my my take on it um all right um anything else you guys want to discuss have you been watching anything on disney plus that you want to talk about um the i wa- i watched uh the sorry to talk about star wars but i watched the uh, making of the mandalorian story i've not started it yeah dave filoni Oh my god! Genius! Oh my god! You you said it. Turn Filoni and John Favre loose, uh-huh. 
and just let them be in charge of Star Wars. Yep. Everything will be fine. Everything will be better than fine. Everything will be great if you just do that. Dave Filoni. His knowledge of Star Wars is going to well, be through the freaking Well, he can roof. explain things that you're like, oh, that does make sense. Uh, wait a minute. I like the prequels now. He starts talking, you're wow. like, cool. oh, they're good. I'm like, wait, no, they're not. Wait. Uh-huh. And like <laughs> The way he explains it, you're like, oh, that does make sense. Like, he, he just is that he's intuitive a genius. about it. And he's just a boss. He's so good. Dude, I would love to hear him talk about the Martez sisters um, for, for yeah, episode Yeah, that, that is true. But, but, but he is a Star Wars genius. Like, yeah, ma- and ma- he had a purpose. Other than Lucas. Yeah. I mean, Lucas is number one, but other than Lucas, I, I think he's probably provided more for Star Wars than anyone. Yeah. I think it's probably pretty accurate. Like, more than Abrams. Like, I think he's more than the directors of the original trilogy, maybe. Like, th- those guys did, you know, did single movies or, you know. Or, Abrams or, had a hard. A- Abrams. Abrams had to do movie. He started that first one. What was the first one? Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah. And, guys, he had to do it in the social media era. And you cannot win, right? You, you, there is no winning. <laughs> like you can only hope that you make something beyond good that everyone can universally say it's awesome. The only, you know, the only movie I can think of in recent times that is universally like, and you hear me out when I say this, like, and not Star Wars related, Disney related, that universally people are like, that is good, is Black Panther. Oh yeah, because you made it. Everyone goes, very well done. Are there any holes in it? It's a comic book movie, so whatever. But I didn't hear a lot of people. I've only heard like a couple people even voice anything about it, and that's saying a lot. And like, hmm. and it, there's a lot of reasons it's not panned, right? But other than that, like, name me something, and I'll be like, oh yeah, no, not everybody. Like you make you make Force Awakens. Well, it's too much like the first movies. Well, we like Star Wars, so that's okay. Yeah, you make the Last Jedi. People go, well, he changed the blah, 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 blah. Okay, uh, can't make anybody happy, right? Critics love it. Fans hate it. Like, and it's like stark. You make, okay, now you get J.J. Abrams to try to correct, to correct on mm-hmm. on uh, Rise of Skywalker. And then fans, li- fans like it enough, 86, 87%. Critics think that, why did you go, why'd you go screw up Last Jedi? Yeah. And you're like, so no matter what J.J. Abrams does, He's think, doing it in an era that no one can be. Yeah, at. no, you're right. I, th- I think um, Endgame is one of the greatest action movies of all time, like just in the history of cinema. Yeah. And that, but I've talked to people that are just like, oh, I don't know, I, this character wasn't in it enough. Think I'm about like, that. Okay. I mean, think all about right. how min- how much is in that, and how it's much care, movie. how much care was taken to create this universe, and there are still people that are like, eh, it's pretty crappy. It's yeah. Like, okay. Anyway. I guess you really can't please everyone. Star yeah. Wars. So, so I, I need to watch that then. Um, Grant. Yeah, Grant, what do you mean? Um, well, Disney. Caitlin and I have three shows that we kind of watch. Um, we've been still watching Lizzie McGuire. Oh, yeah. Um, we started up Hannah Montana again because that kind of came out when we were in middle school. You know so what? I Can I tell you why else it's great? Because <laughs> you get the best of both worlds hanging out with the show. Oh, how It's the best. And then I've also been watching Smart Guy, too. What's that? Um, it's about a kid. I think he... Maybe he's 10. Oh, you were And he goes about to this, high yeah. school. He's a super smart kid. It, and, can, it reminds me of Dookie Hauser a little bit, speaking of... And uh, 
his brother is also in high school and his sister's in high school. It's Dude. pretty funny. It's crazy. They only have three seasons of that. He so. breaks his arm and can pitch really fast. Is that no? Oh, different movie. <laughs> um, this is why he goes. To high this is a current show or one that aired previously. I can't remember. Uh, it pre, um, maybe late nineteen nineties. Oh, it's an old old yeah. show. Okay, gotcha. It's with Taj Maori, which uh, Taj. he's the brother of Tia and Tamara. Okay, sister oh, sister okay. duo. Okay, gotcha. Um, so that's a pretty good show. Oh, I think I saw commercials for that back in the nineties. Now yeah. that I'm thinking of it, Smart okay. Guy. All right, I don't. Yeah, I never never watched it. Did you watch it when it first came out? Uh, episodes here and there, not yeah. the whole thing, but and then. Of course, my favorite Disney show of all time, Boy Meets World. Yeah. Watch an episode here and there. Cool. That's timeless for me. That that's just watching that show is like eating your favorite snack. Yeah. Like just I just want to snack on some Boy Meets World Boy, yeah. Boy Meets World right now. That's kinda like for Jack, the office. Mm. Yeah. Boy Meets World is kinda that for so me. Good. Uh one one that's common for Jack and I both is um Seinfeld. I yeah. I get that way about Seinfeld. Oh, I actually before we go, I want to say, are you? Did you complete your? Yeah, I'm done. Best of. Uh, let's say uh, Jerry Stiller died this week. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. So Ben's dead, but he's on Simon. He's George. Yeah. He's George's dad. Yeah, dude, he's so great in that show. Too. Yeah, it's sad. It's really yeah, sad. He was sad. ninety, I think something. What so, a gr- what a great career he had. Oh yeah, and he's fun. Like he's he's. Spot on, and like that character that he played, so good. So, so good. anyway, I wanted to say that. I thought about that this week. I was like, yeah. you know what? Nothing else. I know we're normally pretty evergreen about this show. Yeah. Like we try to be like not, like we talk about things that are coming out and that sort of thing. I know that's that's we're we're no we're normally not a succinct time wise timeline. What but, has Jerry Stiller been in that would be on Disney Plus? Uh, I have to look up. See if you can look that up real quick. I'll, I'll talk very quickly about what I've been watching, and that is the. This is going to surprise all three of you, all, both of you, all three of us, including myself. Uh, uh, Lilo and Stitch, uh, those movies. So I'd never seen Lilo and Stitch ever until two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Uh, Jordan really wanted to watch it because we have. This is going to be sound weird, but if you have once you have kids, Grant, you'll understand. She, uh, we have a Disney puzzle game. It's literally a jigsaw game. Mm-hmm. And one of the jigsaw puzzles that she's played was Lilo and Stitch. And she's like, Daddy, who's that? And I said, I can't remember if that's Lilo or Stitch. <laughs> I always got confused too. <laughs> I was like, I've never seen the movie, so I don't I don't know, actually. And, and she's like, is he an animal? I was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> He's an alien. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So that, that shows you how much how little I knew about the movie. Um, I went back and watched. You, you probably grew up with these movies, or at least My the first one. My sisters absolutely loved this movie. Dude, I, I got to say... I, th- I thought they were great. Yeah. I wa- we watched all three of them. The The first movie came out, the only movie to come out in theaters was the original, Lilo mm-hmm. and Stitch. Then they did a couple direct-to-video movies after that, which I know when you hear direct-to-video, you already get an opinion in your head. Those movies are honestly ju- almost as good as the original movie. Yeah, I haven't seen the other two, but uh, my sisters absolutely love the first one. And that was kind of their movie that they watched over and over again. I bet. That it's it's hilarious. Jordan's only three; she'll be four in a couple months. But she laughed during the, the entire time. She got a little scared at the beginning of the movie because um, Stitch is is literally a, a weapon of war. Mm-hmm. Like he he's he's there to destroy Earth. Yeah. Um. So she got a little scared at the beginning, but once they figured out that he was just going to be silly, mm-hmm. she figured it out. Um. She was all in. As soon as we finished the movie, she's like, "Daddy, I want to watch the other one." 
And we're like, well, you're out of screen time, but we'll watch it the next time we have a movie night. And so the next movie night, we have movie movie night two nights a week. The next movie night, she said, I want to watch the second one. And so we watched that one. The the, the ne- very next movie night, three days later after that, guess what she wanted to watch? The third one. So we watched all th- I watched all three movies in the span of a week. Mm-hmm. And they're great. They're really funny. The characters are, are, are really memorable, really uh, endearing. Um, I thought the story was really fascinating. It's it's very atypical for, a t- you know, especially an animated Disney movie. It's it's about literally a an older sister who's played by... I think it's Tia Carrera um, voices an older sister who, who's basically become like a, become like a mo- yeah. mom. She's like a 17 or 18 year old mom mm-hmm. for her little sister, Lilo in, in Hawaii. And they like uh, DFS, it, it gets really kind of, yeah. kind of serious, but DFS is like basically threatening to take Lilo away because she's not a very good caretaker or that at least they, they don't think so. And of course that goes crazy once the alien comes in and they're really afraid for Lilo's life. And so, um, there's stuff for everyone to enjoy with it. Adults, kids, it's, it, those movies are really, really good. And I was not expecting much to be yeah. honest. So I was impressed. Jerry Stiller, uh, is in heavyweights, which heavyweights would be okay. on Disney plus. Disney plus. Have you ever seen heavyweights? I don't think I have. Oh my gosh! Oh, well, Ben Stiller is also movie. in Heavyweights. Well, and if you like, you're, you you don't have to say yes, but you're invited back. If you, if you like uh, Ben Stiller in Dodgeball, I love. Oh yeah, is you that, like, that kind of movie? You will like Ben Stiller in Heavyweights. Oh, I need to watch it then. Um. Anyway, but, you're but, going but, to ben, Fat Camp. That's what it's about. Which so, is really but funny. Jerry Stiller is in this movie, not Ben. Is that what you're saying? Well, ben isn't. They're both Ben's in it. Oh, okay, main. gotcha. They're both in it. Harvey Bushkin is his name in this one. Is this like directed by the same guy that did? Dodgeball or something? Uh, it's directed by Steve Brill and Judge and Judd Apatow. Okay. And then I'm, some of the Mighty Ducks characters yeah. come in, and it's a great. So dog. it's younger kids. Nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's so it's a pretty older. So anyway. Okay, anyway. let's uh, let's. You want to do that one? I would love to, to talk Jerry Stiller. <laughs> okay. Jerry, great. Jerry's great, man. Are you willing to come back on? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, let's let's do that that's movie. Literally. All right. And. Caitlin's brother might want to come on for that. That'd be too, fun. Okay. Because he absolutely loves that movie. Okay. That'd be Bring fun. him on. That'd be great. I'd love Let's to hear it. someone that loves it. Um, it. Okay. So, Which I love that movie too. Cool. Well, if you're listening to, to us right now on your podcast player of choice, Heavyweights is the movie we're going to talk about next weekend. So so watch it so you can prepare. Yeah. Watch it. I'm, I'll be watching it for the first time. Um, I, looking at screenshots of it, I, I know I've seen a trailer uh-huh. or commercial for And we are for sure point. that it is on Disney Plus, yes. right? Okay. It because is. I... I checked it and it was so at okay. one point but cool alright well that, that is the plan for next week um, thank you for joining us for this episode of Disney Plus Reviews um, we would love to hear from you if you want to write the show Disney Plus Reviews at Hotmail.com let us know something you've been watching on Disney Plus that you re- recommend or if you want to give your review of something that we've been talking about um, that would be great if you have a review of of um, Newsies I'd, I'd love to hear about that so uh, we are going to be discussing heavyweights. Um, make sure to watch that movie if you haven't seen it in a while or never seen it like myself. And then we'll come back and review that on next week's episode. Thanks for joining us. And until then, have a great week. <laughs>